What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 89, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm representing Stark Industries Worldwide. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's representing the Chicago Blackhawks for some reason. Frank, how you doing? Always repping the Hawks, no matter what. Oh, yeah. I'm That's doing what fantastic. That's what I wanted you to say, boy. Well, good. You got your wish. I'm in a giving mood, so there you go. It's your first gift of Christmas this year. Did um, I ever, did I ever stop wearing this? Can you recall a time where I stopped wearing this, even when they had like sixty five points in a that's, season? See, that's the being a true fan right there. So, um, how are you doing? How was your trip? My trip was great. I just got back from New Jersey slash New York. For those who don't know, it was a road trip. I drove, and it was a lot of fun. I can't thank the people who helped make it happen enough for helping me get there and making it a possibility and all that kind of stuff. We will get to that in a little bit. I'm very excited to recap the trip with you and tell you about everything that I saw. Um, Special shout out to Katie for helping make it all happen, making it the best birthday of all time. Joey and Sarah for making their way to New York. That was very kind and generous. What's going on, Skokes? Very happy to have you here. Um, Yeah, it was the best birthday ever. So I'm very happy with the trip. How long is the drive? It's about 12 hours that's that's rough it was a tough one but it was so worth it it was so worth it so um but yeah i mean when your team stinks it's hard it's hard (laughs) you know i've watched more bad devils games and bad white Sox games in my life than good ones like it's not even close i don't root for one of those like back in the day the devils were like that like i remember being in high school just always being able to like brag about how sick the devils were they were so good. They were a contender to win the cup every single year. And then in my college years and mid to late twenties, they've pretty much stunk the whole time. So now that they're pretty good, is like I'm starting to I'm itching to get back to that way of being cocky every year, but I can't get there quite yet just because it's only been half a season, not three or four stacked right. on top of each other. Although someone pointed out on the radio, because I listened to the game against the Dallas Stars last night on the radio, and it, doing hockey from the radio is interesting. Because you see or you hear things that you don't always get when you watch it or consume it in a different way, like in person. If you take the five best players on the Devils, their average age is 23 years old. Yeah, they're a young team. The youngest five in the NHL. And when you watch or when you listen to a game on the radio, if you have a good broadcaster broadcasting the game, they they paint a perfect picture in your head. So it all depends on the broadcasting too. Um, that'll make your experience a little more enjoyable. So hopefully you got everything you needed while you were in the car. Yeah, absolutely. I did. And there was another game that went on last night besides the New Jersey Devils and the Chicago Blackhawks. And I know you're excited to talk about it in period number one. 
Welcome to period one of Bard on Talking Hockey. I have been looking for this. I gotta go to this moment since about what <laughs> he takes himself off screen. I don't blame you. Sayonara. Bye bye. Uh, we hold each other accountable on this show. Uh, I make crappy preseason predictions on who I think is going to win, make it to the playoffs. I hit on the Vikings. I failed on the Broncos. We hold each other accountable on this show. And Mr. Mueller here has been adamant that the great eight Alexander Ovechkin is not going to break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record of 894 goals. He was ripping on me last show because, oh, Ovi went four games without scoring a goal. That can't happen. That's never going to happen. Do you still think he's going to reach 800 by the end of the month? No way. Little did we know he was going to reach 800 before our next show because last night Alexander Ovechkin scored his 17th or no his 18th 19th and 20th goal of the season he is now fifth in the nhl in goals not bad for a 37 year old he reaches 800 career goals the hat trick on the united center ice frank the great eight has 800 talk about it good for him you know congrats to ovechkin one of the best players in nhl history i think there's a little misconception here that i'm an ov hater or something I don't hate Ovechkin by any means. I love Ovechkin. I no bad will, ill will towards him or whatever. I have nothing bad to say about Ovechkin. So to the fact that I don't think he's going to break the record has nothing to do with me thinking the type of player he is and having the respect I do for him. So that right there, I mean, I wish all of the best success to Ovechkin. But realistically, I want to mention a few things, okay? He's two away from passing Gordie Howe. He'll get that by our next show probably, right? I'm not worried about that. But, you know, a lot of the things that are get talked about when it comes to breaking the goal record is, you know, if he's five goals away, he'll come back next year. That's what you say, right? He'll come back to try and break it. He's determined to do that. I just want to compare him to Gretzky and how Gretzky's career went at the end of his tail end of his career. Gretzky retired when he was – about 38. I don't know if he was 37 going on 38 when he retired, but according to documentation, it says about 38. So I'll say he was 38 years old when Wayne Gretzky retired. Um, I'm not saying that Ovechkin's going to retire next year when Ovechkin turns 38, but just for the sake of conversation, Wayne Gretzky was 38 years old when he retired. And you, you kind of wonder, why didn't he come back to get 900 goals? He was just six away, right? Because you're saying if Wayne, if Ovechkin's in the same boat, Ovechkin's going to do that. But Gretzky didn't end up doing that. He didn't come back an extra year to play. And, I mean, at 38 years old, you're fairly young. You could, I mean, we've seen Yager play in his 40s. We've seen Char. We've seen a whole bunch of players play through their 40s, right? But it, com- it comes to the fact, like, maybe he just couldn't. Maybe his body just wouldn't let him continue and get his 900th goal. Now, we're talking about Ovechkin, who let's just say, mm, what do you, you think he gets it by 2025, right? Or 2024, which one? 2024? 25. So, so you're thinking three years, right? That brings him, which I don't know when Ovechkin's birthday is, to be honest with you. I don't know if he's turning 38. Oh, he's not going to be 38 he, this year, but he's he might be. He's 37. He's 37, 37, but will he be 38 before the end of the season? I don't know. 
So if you want to look that up while I'm talking. Yeah. September 17th, I just got word, is his birthday. So he'll be 38 years old by the start of the 2022-23 season, right? And it just goes to show that, you know, even the best players in the league tend to slow down later in their career. Gretzky didn't come back at 38. Like I said, I'm not saying Ovechkin's going to retire next year or even the year after, but it is hard to stay consistent at this age. And even if he gets close, we don't know how he'll be feeling physically, mentally, as you get to that point in time. Because if it's 2025 we're talking about, that's a lot. That's a lot for a 41-year-old at that time. But you you look like I'm just, you're getting, I don't know. You look annoyed by what I'm saying. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'll take the, the chance that he still won't get it. I just, I'll go based off of logic and father time. And we'll see. If he does it, congrats to Ovi. Right? You're I, I'll You're celebrate. Weird. I'll celebrate with you when he reaches 895 if he gets that far. But, I mean, just based off what I said, it, it, it gets tough, right? And it becomes – there gets to a point in time when you have to worry about your health as a player and the way you feel over breaking a record. And I think Gretzky did that when he was six away from 900. And I think the same could happen with Ovechkin, even if he gets close in a few years. So you, you just don't know. I do believe that if Wayne was chasing an all-time goal record, he would have came back. 900 wasn't a significant number other than being round. I will also say he had nine goals in 70 games in his final season. He slowed down. He hit a wall way faster than Ovechkin. Okay. At 32, he had – wait, hold on. At 33, he had 38 goals. At 34, he had, or at, yeah, at 34, he had 11. At 35, he had 23. At 36, he had 25. At 37, he had 23. Ovechkin's already got 20. He's already three away from Wayne Gretzky's 37 year old goal total. And it's not Christmas yet. He has played in 200 less games. His body has taken less wear and tear due to lockouts and COVID 19. There's a chance Ovechkin breaks Wayne Gretzky's goal record in less amount of games played than it took Gretzky to do so. Gretzky's contract was up after his age 38 season. He wasn't a bad player in his final season. He just wasn't a goal scorer anymore. He only had nine goals, but he had 53 assists. NHL teams would sign a guy who gets 53 assists with no goals. That's valuable. Ovechkin also doesn't play in dangerous areas the way that Wayne did. Wayne's office was behind the net. A lot of physical abuse from behind the net. Ovechkin's office is on the power play, standing there waiting for Kuznetsov to toss him a one T to blow it by the goaltender. People talk about empty net goals. Wayne Gretzky has the all-time empty net goal record with 56. Ovechkin's creeping up. He's got 53. He had three last week alone. It was honestly like a remarkable little stretch of empty net goals to help him get to 800 there. But even Wayne Gretzky is the all-time leading empty net guy. That, that helps. Those goals count. They mean something. They help you seal victories. They're important. Alexander Ovechkin has three years left on his contract. I think that 
speaks volumes too. If you retire with years left on your contract, you put your team in a pickle. I don't see Ovechkin doing that. He is just a vibrant person. He clearly is interested in doing this. He celebrated like nobody's business when he got 800 in a blowout over the Blackhawks. The whole team came pouring over the ice. They're marketing it. Every game the Capitals play now is on ESPN until he passes Gordie Howe. And we're talking about the player who took forever to win the cup. He finally got one. He's been compared to Sidney Crosby his entire career. I think nobody would deny that Sidney Crosby was a better player because he's got 300 more or no, they're around the same points with like 200 less games played Crosby and three cups opposed to one. And one's a center. One's better at defense, this and that Alexander Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer, pure goal scorer who ever lived. He even, I will think that even if an injury or something does cause him to not break Wayne Gretzky's record, but he just shows no sign of slowing down. I have no reason to think he's going to have a long-term injury. He's just a big physical specimen who's on, maybe he's on the Russian gas. I don't know. He's just a beast of a player. What he did against the Blackhawks yesterday, it was like he was determined to get 800 in that game. He had 124 seconds into the game. And then he had number two, eight minutes later. And then in the third, he was so adamant on putting that puck in the net. Kind of felt bad for Patrick Kane. I thought he snapped his neck on the play. Did you see it? <laughs> like, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He like went to try and stop it, which credit to Patrick Kane. You're not going to score your 800th goal without me putting up a fight against you. That's the most back-checking I've ever seen Patrick Kane do. He's an offensive player. But now he's 94 goals away from tying Wayne Gretzky's record. I found this sheet. It was texted to me on a prediction I made. I wrote this on November 24th, 2019. And at the end of the 20 season, 2019-20, I had him at 708. At the end of the 2021 season, I had him at 40 or 754. And at the end of what would be last season, I had him at 796. Including the pandemic, I was only like 12 goals shy coming into this year. And so if there is a pandemic, I actually probably underestimated Alexander Ovechkin. Because if there was no pandemic, he'd be in the mid-8s by now. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd probably be at 830. We missed about 50 games. Due to COVID, between the end of the 2020 season and the start of the 2021 season, we missed about 50 Capitals games. He probably would have had 19, 20 goals in that span. So he'd probably be right around like 820. He'd be he'd be well on his way to having the record probably even sooner than I thought. But I only had him scoring 37 goals this season. He's going to blow past 37 goals. He's got 20 now. If, if he scores 50 again, I won't be surprised. And if he scores 50, that would mean he ends this season with 230, meaning he only needs two more 30-goal seasons beyond that. 830, yes. Then he only needs two 30-goal seasons beyond that, which is – Which is – do you know how hard it is, though, to have a 30-goal season at the age he's becoming? Yeah, I honestly think, Frank, we're, 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 we're looking at a Tom Brady here. It could be. I mean, Tom if he does it, if I recall, Gordy Howe is the only player, unless I'm forgetting somebody. 
you could do the research on this, is the only player to score have a 30-goal season at the age of 41, which would be Ovechkin's age when you think that would be the year he's going to break the record, when he potentially needs to have a 30-goal season. Uh, so, yeah. so if that's the case, there's a reason that Gordie Howe would be the only one in NHL history to do it because it's very tough to do at that age. Gordie Howe also played significantly more games than Ovechkin, and he played up until he was like 50 to get – I'm pretty sure Gordie Howe played one season at 50. He could have. And that's how he got to 800. Ovechkin's 37. I have no – listen, I'm gonna just going to be honest with you. We're talking 20, 30 goals. I have no reason to think he won't score 40 next year. None. Absolutely none. And if he gets to – if he let's we'll, – we'll be – We'll be conservative here and say 45 goals this season. He's got 25 more in him this year. Well, that's conservative because he could easily do 50. Then we're at two, we're at 825. Next year, if he gets 40 again, then we're talking eight. I don't even know what that would is that 865? Yeah. Okay, and then the following year, I would assume that his 35, 40 goals breaks the record. And if he need, and if he comes into his contract year needing 15, 20, I, like, I think he'll blow past it. Like, I honestly think there's no reason to think he can't score 40 at 40. Listen, I hear what you're saying. Everything you're scored, saying makes sense. If he scores 40 at 40, we could be talking about him getting to 1,000 goals. There are people that think he hits 1,000 goals. It's just so hard to stay that consistent. It is, but at if his age, someone who can do it. I agree with you. I agree with you. If there's somebody that could do it, Ovechkin would be my pick to do it. But it is just so tough at that age to stay that consistent. I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, I could expect him to get 40 goals because, like, why, why would I believe anything other than that? Because he hasn't proved that he's not capable of doing anything worse than that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so easy to say it. And I, I totally agree with you. If there's a guy to do it, it's Ovechkin. That's the guy in our lifetime that's going to be able to do it, right? But it is just so hard to just stay that consistent at the age he is. Let me ask you something. When that jabroni, Max Kellerman, went on first take and said that Tom Brady is going to fall off a cliff before his age 41 season, did you buy it? Did you no. kind of understand what he was saying? Right. No, I didn't buy it. I kind of did. And I'm a Tom Brady guy. I was like, okay, how can he be – how can he compete with Mahomes, which Mahomes wasn't around yet. At the time, it would have been Rodgers and Breeze. Like, Manning fell off at 41. Every quarterback ever falls off at 41 until Tom Brady came along. The technology's better. Guys' diets are better. The way guys train are better. Ovechkin's not your typical Russian. He's not going back to Russia to play in the KHL to end his career. He He's an NHL guy through and through. He wants to break uh, Gretzky's record. He's on, he's on record saying that. And I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to play. Yager played until he was 44. He had a 20-goal season at 43. I'll never forget the 70-point Yager year. He had like 25 goals and 60-something assists with the Devils. He was their leading scorer. They were a very bad team, like a very bad team. But Yager was awesome. He made every single game so much fun to watch. I have no reason to think that because Ovechkin and Yager kind of play similar style games where they like rely on their uh, wrist shot a lot, Ovechkin has a way better slap shot 
And Yager back in his day was a better skater than Ovechkin. But you, you saw the way he scored all the goals yesterday. The 800th mm-hmm. goal was just him being smarter than everybody else and knowing where to go around the net. And when it got on his stick, he did not miss. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought it was a really cool moment. I, I hope I hope I end up being pretty right here with this Ovechkin thing. And, man, what a night it was at the United Center. Pretty cool that it ended up being at the United Center. Yeah, I kind of wish I was at that game to be there for it. But, I mean, it's so hard to predict. Yeah, it is. Um, Unless he's, like, one away. But when yeah. he's three, I mean, what it, the odds of him scoring a hat trick are, like, over 10 to 1. Even yeah. for Ovechkin, it's like the odds are – it's if tough. Only, if only one of your favorite Bardon hosts would have written a piece for DeWindy City the night before about Ovechkin potentially having a hat trick. I had United a feeling. Center. I had a feeling. It was weird. It was like, this Blackhawks team sucks. Okay, they're bad. I think they're worse than the Ducks. I know they have one less point. I know the Ducks have one regulate, but I look at the Ducks roster, I'm like, they could snap off three in a row if Zegers gets like really hot. Like I, I just and so could the Blackhawks with Patrick Kane, but the the Blackhawks aren't going to trade, or the Ducks aren't going to trade all their best players. The Blackhawks probably are going to, and like I just like Athanasiu, he's gone. Max Domi, he's gone. All these guys on one year deals, they're going to be shipped out for a second round pick that the Hawks are going to be hoping to. And Ovechkin, he took advantage of that type of game, and. Now he's got Gordy Howe on his mind. Maybe he'll break his record by the time we do our next show. You never know. I mean, I, I said by the end of December for this, I didn't think he'd snap off three empty net goals and then a hat trick to get to 800 in between last show and this show. You know, I, I know I know Ovechkin is still an elite goal scorer. He's fifth in the NHL. I have no reason to think that any of the younger guys, except for like, Austin Matthews, who's five goals less than Ovechkin right now, or four goals less than Ovechkin right now. Connor McDavid will probably – I mean, he Ovechkin, if if he rattled off like 10 goals in his next 20 games, though, and took the NHL lead for goals, I, I'd be 0% surprised <laughs> personally. I really just would not be surprised. He's the greatest goal scorer who ever lived. And re- I will think that even if he does come up short because of the way that goalies play now and the way that people defend and how hard and fast the NHL is now, it's just oh, it's a different game, and I think eras adjusted. Ovechkin would have fifteen hundred goals, but also if if freaking Wayne Gretzky were able to use like the new sticks, like the synergies, how many goals would he have scored with the whip on those things? Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. It's it's apples to oranges. Both of them are amazing. I want to ask you this though: Do you have? No, let's do this, actually. Let's break down some of his goals. I'm looking at... I have a lot of stats on his yeah. goals. I wrote okay. down a ton. Did Did you happen to find, because I have it here, did you happen to find what team he scores the most goals against? I have what he, how many goals he scored against every NHL team in the league. Oh, okay. I do, too. Okay, perfect. So why don't you tell the people what team Alexander Ovechkin has scored the most goals against? That would be the Winnipeg Jets with 51 goals, and that is the most by any player versus the Jets. Now, do you think that's interesting? Kind of, because they went away 
for a little bit. They were the Atlanta Thrashers, and I they're not lumping in the Thrashers. I think are they, they are. Okay, they are. I think they are. And the Atlanta Thrashers were in the Southeast Division with See, the that's Washington. not right, though. I don't like that. That's just the way it is. I mean, if he scored a goal, I don't think he played with the Whalers. Because that's a lot that's- it, to without lumping it in. So that's why I kind of think they might be. But to me, that's not fair. It's yeah. just... I'm a little I mean, surprised that it's that many because the Thrashers have been gone for 10 years now. And so he's only playing Winnipeg twice a year. He must have really dominated them when they were that. They, they must have been bad, bad, like before we were diehard hockey fans. They must have been I mean, like bad, bad. It's possible. But it's also the most by any player against the Jets, yeah, Frank, which makes sense. He, he plays them twice a year as a member of the Capitals. He, there's no way it's not with the Thrashers. If it was with the, just the Thrashers, he would only have like 20-something games played against them. He's played the Ducks 22 times. Hold up. He's played the Blackhawks 22 times. Like, he'd be right around that number if the Winnipeg Jets were just the Winnipeg Jets. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Those old old Winnipeg Jets became – who did they become? Was it the Coyotes? It was the Coyotes. It was the Coyotes, yeah. It was the Coyotes. It was yeah. the and he only has 23 games played against the Coyotes, so it's definitely not included there. Yeah, it's definitely the thing I find interesting is the teams that he's played against the most are the ones that moved from the Southeast Division with the Capitals to the Metropolitan Division when they realigned back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's just the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm trying to look it up. Um, it... I can't find anything on the Thrashers and how many goals he's got against the Thrashers. Because they just are the Jets. The only thing I see is he had a hat trick against the Atlanta Thrashers at one point. That's not surprising. Um, He's probably had a couple hat tricks against the Jets, too. And and there's an article dated April 5th, 2007, and it says Capitals Ovechkin owns Thrashers once again. So maybe they do, yeah, lump it in, and he just owns the, that team. I don't like that they lump it in, personally. Yeah, it's the same franchise. What do you do with those goals, though, then? Yeah, but you move cities, you're a completely different team name. It's almost like, who did the Hartford Whalers turn into? Uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Okay, so like if he were to score against the Hartford Whalers, I mean, it's like completely different. I just don't think that... No, the Whalers are the Hurricanes. Oh, yeah, they are the Hurricanes because they have those retro Whalers jerseys. Avalanche are the Quebec Nordiques. See, but that's like not – see, I don't like that. If you were able to score against the Whalers and you score against the Hurricanes, it's like not – that's probably why – It's like not legit. He's played against the Hurricanes 86 times. I guarantee you there's some – And Carolina is his third most. He's got third most goals against Carolina with 47, but they weren't the Whalers when he was in the league. No, but they were the only team to switch from the Southeast Division to the Metropolitan Division with the Capitals. So he was a division. He's been that's the only team he's been a division rival with every year of his career. But does that mean you could say he scored forty-seven goals against the Whalers? No. Exactly. That's why it's a little bit weird to me. Yeah, it's, it should be like the Whalers slash Hurricanes franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't the like way the way they have it written down. He's yeah. 38 goals against the New Jersey Devils. 
Yeah. And 14 against the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, he hasn't really had a good career against the Chicago Blackhawks. Yesterday was like one of his probably best games he's ever played against the Blackhawks, in all honesty. Um, and he's obviously scored against every team except the Capitals. What do you, why are you laughing? You don't think 14 goals in 22 games is good? It is, but when you look at some of these other numbers, Devils, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Islanders, yeah, right in the 40s. More. Yeah, I know, but still, I mean, it's really not. I mean, 14 goals is great for 22 games, but I wouldn't say it's a dominant performance. The only team... It's almost like one goal every other game you play the Blackhawks, almost a little bit better than that, which is like with how good Alex Ovechkin is, you expect it to be a little bit more, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's roughly like a 50-goal pace. I mean, he scored three against Seattle, and this is only their second year in the league. Yeah, that's funny. He's got three and four. Um, He's got five goals in nine games against Vegas. That's pretty much the set. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, what other stats you got? Well, st- sticking on this topic for a couple more minutes, the against Winnipeg, I said it's the most by any player to score against Winnipeg. Same goes for Tampa Bay and Florida. He's got 50 against Tampa Bay, which no player has ever scored 50 against Tampa Bay. And he's got 43 against the Panthers, and no team has ever scored 43 by one player against the Panthers. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he was division rivals with them for a long time too, and they were bad during that time. Yeah, the only Western Conference team that like he dominated is the Jets, but that's because of what we said. It's really shouldn't count like that. Because were the Thrashers in the Western Conference, or were they in the Eastern Conference? They were in the Eastern Conference. They exactly. Were in that so that's East that's division. why it doesn't. That's why it shouldn't count. But other stats I got, I got. Well, he has. 291 power play goals. That's the most in NHL history. He holds a record for the most power play goals. Five shorthanded goals in his career, which doesn't surprise me because there was a stat yesterday during the Hawks game that made me laugh out loud, actually. 95% of the power play time for Washington, he's been out there on the ice this year. But when they're shorthanded, he's been out there on the ice this year for six seconds. And I like busted out laughing because that had to be like, it was four on four penalty expired. He's probably out there and he probably went for a change or something along those lines. So he's only got five shorthanded goals, but you know, he had, he didn't build his career off being a penalty killer, right? He's just a pure goal scorer. Um, I have some goaltenders. He, he scored his most goal. Do you know the goals? He scored the most goals against the goaltender. Oh no. I have the list of 165 goalies that he has scored against, but if, uh-huh. Goaltender that he scored the most goals against. I have the top three. It'd be interesting if you could get the uh, the top. Is Martin Brodeur one of them? No. However, okay. interesting fact: he has scored against seven Vezina winning goalies. That is interesting. And all the players, all the goalies on this graphic that are in the Hockey Hall of Fame, have the Hockey Hall of Fame logo like next to their picture. So I think he scored on a bunch of well, a bunch of Hall of Famers, but yeah, of the number one I'll goalie, give you a hint. is it Mark Andre Fleury? It is. Okay, Mark Andre Fleury. Could you name one. the next two? The the top 3 are all Vezina winning goalies. Yeah. I, I cuz you got to be around a long time in order for Ovi to the score. The second one is going to be clear as day. Like it's got to be Henrik Lundqvist. It is. Okay. The rivalries that the Capitals had with the New York Rangers just makes sense that he had he has 25 scored against Flurry, 24 against Lundqvist. And this last one kind of makes sense too because of how good this team 
was when this goalie was, you know, in their prime. Is it Sergei Bobrovsky? No. Okay. It is an Eastern Conference team. Yeah, obviously. it's got to be. It's going to be a division rival, so it's going to be somebody. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's not. Is it Ryan Miller? No, I think you're. You might. Oh, Ryan. What? Huh? Well, I don't know if you're thinking about this goalie because, like, I don't know if you would expect it, but it makes sense to me it, now that I see it, it. Is it Tim Thomas? No, it's is it too... no Tuka Rask only had like ten goals or something. He's like only. low. <laughs> that's funny that we're the, that's how fucking much of a monkey Alexander uh-huh. Ovechkin is in his NHL career. Are you saying fourteen goals in twenty two games? He hasn't dominated them like he no, it's not. He's only on a fifty goal pace against the Blackhawks in his career. You uh-huh. know, only ten against Rask. A Vesna winning probably Hall. Yeah, of but Famer. he played. But he played the Bruins a lot. Yeah. That's true. Um, I'm trying to think who you're going to kick yourself in the ass when I tell you. Mark Andre Fleury. I know he's never scored against Holpe, which is funny because he's probably scored on him in practice more than anybody of these guys combined. (laughs) Um, You're really going to, I think you're overthinking a little bit. I probably am overthinking it a little bit. It's not okay. So Mark Andre Fleury was with Pittsburgh. Um, Lundquist was with the Rangers. With the Rangers, of course. Well, who was another team back? You know, uh, let's just say even recently, a goalie who has been elite. He's one of the best goalies in the league. You know, is it it Andre Vasilevsky? No, I'm saying like this guy that I I don't. He was just one of the best goalies of watching when we were growing up watching hockey. He was like one of those primetime key goalies. Everybody knew if you're having uh, GM connected, everybody wanted him in your league as the goalie. He was always a 90 plus rated goalie. Still around and mentioned to this day, but not as much. You got it? Is it Carey Price? Yep. Carey Price. Wow. 22 goals against Carey Price. And a total of seven Vezina goalies. Wow. Who are the other Vezina goalies? Okay, so those three, Bobrovsky. Here, I'll pull it up really quick because I could find it pretty easily. It's got to be Bobrovsky, Brodeur, Hashik, and then I would be missing one. Uh, Probably Tim Thomas. I don't think so. You might be right, but I I don't remember Tim Thomas on the list. He scored against Tim. Maybe Thomas never won the Vesna Trophy. I thought he did. He All right, here we won. go. I got it pulled up. Um, Flurry, Lundqvist, Price, Price, Bobrovsky. You want to know something funny? You know who's fourth tied with Carey Price? So Kari Lettman. Oh, are wow. you kidding me? I would have never guessed he would even be on the list at twenty-two. He just lit him up. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, uh, Skokes says Schneider. He scored a goal against Schneider. I know that. Ryan Miller was the fourth Vezina goalie. Okay. 19 goals. Bobrovsky, 15 goals. Vasilevsky, 11 goals. And Tukarask was the seventh one. There's got to be Broder won the Vezina trophy. It's not on here. Did he score against Broder? Oh, yeah. Did I name seven? One, two, three, five, six, 
seven. And he scored on Hashik. Well, maybe this is just going to scored whoever he scored ten or more. Then maybe he scored more. Yeah, he scored on Rask, Hashik, Broder. Yeah, this list isn't complete then. Luongo. Only seven within the top. Uh, he only he. I should say this. He scored at least ten goals against Vezina winning goalies. Yeah, that's seven crazy. That's ten that goals. Crazy. At least ten goals against seven Vezina winning goaltenders. I got right. other stats too. I like. I went ham. He's <laughs> got one on Hellebuck, Vezina winner. Um, you have the full breakdown. Oh, I have the full breakdown and all of their faces. Oh wow. Um yeah, Pekka Rene, Vesna winner. He scored a goal against Scott Darling. Schneider's Schneider's face is here. He scored a goal against Kevin Weeks. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That's funny. Um Igor Shesterkin, who is a Vesna trophy winner. Oh, Ilya Brzgalov. Why do you have to be mad? It's only Ovechkin. Uh <laughs> Anton Dobin. Uh, Anti Niemi, Anti Ranta, Ben Bishop. Has he scored uh, against Brennan. Corey Crawford? He has scored against Corey Crawford. I remember he scored against Corey Crawford in like the day the Hawks raised the banner that time. Could be. They always sucked raising the banner. Yeah. I also have stats by his goals by goal situation too, which I thought were pretty interesting as well. Lay them on me. He scored. He has scored 136 game opening goals, which is the most in NHL history. He has scored the most game tying goals in NHL history with 140. He has scored the most go ahead goals in NHL history with 269 goal go ahead goals. He is second all time in NHL history in game winning goals with 124. That's a lot of game winning goals. Does he only trail Yager? Yeah, Yager's got 135, so he could break that record too. And I think Eliash Eliash has got to be in the top five too. Yeah, I only have one and two, and that record's a lot harder to break. I know he's only 11 behind, but you need everything to go perfectly because it all depends on what the other team does too. Exactly. Um, And he has the most goals, OT goals in NHL history at 25. Which doesn't sound like a lot. Overtime is but overtime used to be different too with four on four back in the day. So it is a lot. It absolutely is a lot. Wow. Good stuff, Frank. Really good stuff. A lot has been made over the course of his career, the rivalry with Crosby. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Well, like I said, when we were growing up, Capitals, Pittsburgh, that was always a rivalry. And then you had these two future Hall of Famers playing against each other. You got Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, who were always that team that you knew they were going to go to the playoffs. And you always had a feeling they were going to play the Capitals at some point during their you know, quest to win the Stanley Cup. And when they would go, I believe there was one, I don't know if it was a playoff game. It could have been a playoff game where he played against the Pittsburgh Penguins and him and Crosby exchanged hat tricks. Yep, it was the playoffs. It was the playoffs. It was, it was very it, early in their careers. It was yeah. early in their career. And it's just, it was a lot of fun to watch. And obviously we don't really get that as much nowadays with the way the playoff format format set up. And it, it's kind of like we've been deprived from it for a while now with this new era of hockey. But back in the day, those were some of the best rivalries, honestly, to watch. It was, you knew the playoffs were coming around. Here comes April, here comes the postseason, And you just knew it was going to be Crosby versus Ovechkin. 
And uh, and that rivalry, you know, is, is still there to this day, even when they play each other in the regular season. It's fun to watch. But, yeah, I'm sure you got some good memories of it, too. Yeah. The last three times that the two teams won the Cup, 16, 17, and 18, it's kind of weird to think that it was 16, 17, 18, Crosby, Crosby, Ovechkin. Yeah. Um, they went through each other all three times. Mm-hmm. And the Caps finally got yeah, there. They're two completely different players. Um, honestly, in my opinion, the better argument is Evgeny Malkin or Alex Ovechkin. I think Ovechkin is a better all-time player. Like, he'll be ranked higher on the all-time greats list than Malkin. But I think Malkin's best five help you win more than Ovechkin's best five. So I will say I do believe that. Like, if you take the five best years of Evgeny Malkin's career and the five best years of Alexander Ovechkin's career, you get you have a better chance of winning if you take Malkin. But you can't take Malkin over Ovechkin if Ovechkin is the all-time leading goal scorer. So, you know, it's just it's been a great rivalry. Uh, Having support casts like Nicholas Backstrom – and Evgeny Malkin, Mark Andre Fleury, Braden Holtby, it's it's been great. I mean, I'm I'm sad that it's 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 not really almost over, but we're getting there. And Crosby's got a lot of years left. I think he's going to break 2,000 points. I really do. We'll we'll argue about that on the show in four years because you'll say he won't do it, and then he'll have 100 points. And I'll points like, is a different story than goals. Yeah, it's easier to get points than goals. Yeah, because everything you do that leads to offense gets you a point. It could be a goal or an assist. But I mean, Ovechkin's right there with Crosby in points. He has about 200 more games played. He's not, he wasn't as better of an all around player. Crosby led you to more cups. I think Ovechkin is just a dominant goal scorer, which you need in the NHL. I mean, he's got 800 of them. There's no doubt that the Capitals have been really good in his career because of the fact that they had him and they, they knew how to work him. And I think that played to a lot of people's or to his strength a lot. Like, we have to keep this Ovechkin kid with a center that doesn't shoot very often. That's how we'll get the most out of everyone. Oh, this Nicholas Backstrom is a top five passer in the league. He's not a top five player in the league, but he's top 20. But he's a top five passer, and he plays really good defensively. Yeah, let's put that guy with Ovechkin, and they'll both go to the Hall of Fame and make millions and millions of dollars. Well, that's basically what's happened. Backstrom's injured right now. I do think he'll be back. I really hope he assists on his Gretzky breaking record. I think that would just be magnificent. Um, I, I mean, Ovechkin's record breaking goal. If hockey is poetry, like I think it is, it'll be from the one time around the power play assisted by Backstrom. Which did you see? He gave his 800th goal stick to that fan. Yep. Oh my God. That stick's worth so much money. Yeah. I mean, that stick would have gone to the hall of fame if that kid didn't get it. It's like, it was either going to some kid or the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do you know I what? Wonder, you wonder uh, what? I was going to say, I wonder if uh, the league contacted the kid at all and were like, give him money and a jersey or something for the stick. Like, I, I don't, don't know. They might have. But, like, also it was given by, you know, by his choice. Normally, like, you know, judges baseball when he hits a record, that's not given to the fan by choice. You can just kind of, like, get that and, like, the legal offer you something. But you think, like, something where it was offered, like, Ovechkin gave it to them willingly. I don't know if the league would contact them. Maybe. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to ask. 
But yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you, what does Tage Thompson have in his career that Ovechkin doesn't? More goals this season so far? A five-goal career game. Ovechkin's never scored five in a game, huh? He's only had four games where he's ever scored four goals. And I think that is why Ovechkin is the all-time greatest goal scorer. Because Gretzky definitely had more than that. Gretzky had a five-goal game. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't have the... Gretzky had a game. I, I believe it was Gretzky who had a goal every way. Maybe that was Mario. It might have he been only Mario. had one sixty goal season, Ovechkin. And that was when he had in 07, 08, when he had sixty five. He's the yeah. only player to do it since sixty five. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah, he was just always the most consistent. Like it just consistently pumping out fifty power play goals, even strength goals, empty net goals, whatever the, his team needed to win in terms of goals, he was there. And that's why he he doesn't he doesn't rely on his skating or his bow dangles or anything like that. It's just shooting the puck accurately, and that's why I think it, it ages well. It ages better than Patrick Kane. It ages better than Crosby because Crosby goes to the front of the net. Eventually, when he's thirty eight, thirty nine, he might start feeling it a little bit. Like Ovechkin is just he's a specimen. He's also huge. He's a bulldozer. Nobody wants to hit him because they'll get the worst of it. Like, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like it's not mm-hmm. like that with other people. Like McDavid, McDavid will age as well as his skating ages. If he can skate like Marlowe at 40, he'll have 2,000 points and be one of the greatest. Play- I mean, he's already one of the greatest players ever. But like he'll he'll play longer if he could skate like Marlowe at 40. Marlowe was a great skater at 40. I've never seen a 40-year-old skate like that. If he ages like Bobby Orr, then it's not going to be as much of a ish or as good of an ending for him because Bobby Orr was a fucking great skater, and the knee injuries took him down earlier than anybody would have wanted. Um, but like Ovechkin, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If Ovechkin breaks his leg right now, misses the rest of the year, he'll come back next year just fine and do the same shit because he doesn't. That's not his style, that's not-, not his game. But ah. Uh, I think it's great. So, Frank, what's your all-time favorite Alexander Ovechkin moment? Um, there's a couple. I mean, seeing him lift the cup is up there, obviously, right? A man who is that good has only gotten to do it once, and it, he had to wait so long for it. But, you know, this might be a chalk answer, but I love the goal he scored, his famous goal against the Coyotes when Gre- the Gretzky coached Coyotes at the time. When he was falling and he did that crazy dive move and it went in the net. Ryan Boucher was the goalie. It's one of the greatest goals of all time. So it's hard not to pick that. I think it's kind of a chalk answer. But one personal that's probably not up there for a lot of people is when uh, he wanted the car. When they were picking players at the All-Star draft. to be lost. Yeah, that that was hilarious. Those are just some of them. Those are just some of them. And someone was like, Ovi, why don't you just buy one? You're richer than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to yeah. be last. <laughs> that was so funny. And he the, didn't the, get picked last. <laughs> no, he got picked second to last. Yeah, they, they did him dirty. They did yeah, him they dirty. did do him dirty. They left they left the greatest goal scorer ever second to last and didn't even let him get the car. That, that's that was dumb. funny. I think he was going to donate it to charity. 
Didn't the, I, I don't remember what it was a Honda or Toyota or something. Didn't they give them one anyway? I think so. Yeah, I thought I, I heard that they so. did that. I want to be last. I will never forget that was that was when the All Star Game was at its peak. Yeah, I, I love that. I look forward to that. You had the three nights. Yep. You had the draft, the skills competition, and then the game. It was Friday, yep. Saturday, Sunday. Yep. So fun. So much fun. Um. My favorite Ovechkin moment is when they won the Stanley Cup. Seeing Gary hand it to him and him freak out the way that he did, and then he passed it to Backstrom, and then the Capitals went on the greatest championship heater in the history of pro sports. I think that is something I'll never forget. Um, I also, his 1,000th point was a goal that he just, like, it was against the Penguins on national TV, Wednesday night rivalry, and... Doc screamed 1,000 points at the top of his lungs when he scored it, and it was just – it was a really cool moment. So I honestly think that one is up there too. For me, just seeing him get 1,000 points on a goal where he just deked the Pittsburgh defender out of his jock strap, and it was just really, really cool. So that's my all-time favorite Ovechkin moment. I love watching him play. When he starts creeping into the high eights, they capitals will get the big TV over the devils um, until it's broken. And I really can't wait for that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I really, I really have enjoyed all of this and it's been, it's been unbelievable watching Ovechkin play. He's, there, there have been things that have made him great. The league has adjusted to him, and he's adjusted back. He doesn't just stand in his office on the one time on the power play anymore. He moves down low now sometimes, and he's crashing nets. And he's always been a great hitter of people who don't. You know, when he has, when he's chasing the puck, he'll bulldoze someone, take it, and go score. Um, it's just been, it's been a joy to watch. I completely agree. And we're only, hmm, when is he going to break his record? I don't think he's going to move far off of his current goal scoring pace. He's got 800 some, he's got 800 goals in 1300 something games. So we'll say 800 divided by 1300. He scores goals uh, in 61% of his games. Um, we'll multiply that by 82. Um, oh, he averages 50 goals a season in his career. So we'll say 30 more this year. We'll go 45 next year, 40 the year after that. Yeah, that's the record. That's it. So very excited. Honestly, can't wait. I think I'm going to get an Ovechkin jersey at some point. I have to have one for that final season since... I wrote this note in 2019 and I decided that I think Ovechkin has a chance at it. As long as he stays healthy when he scored 500 at 30, I'm like, dude, he's got 500 at 30. Like when guys score their 500th goal, they're normally ancient. And in their final season, this guy's got 500 at 30. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. So love Ovechkin. Happy to see him do that. Can't wait to see what's next for him. I believe the Washington Capitals host the Dallas stars on Thursday, where he will have a chance to tie Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe, and all-time goals. Frank, do you have anything on Ovechkin before we move on? What a human. 
it was only fitting that we dedicated an entire period to him after he scores 800 goals. We'll probably dedicate close to a whole show to him when he breaks Gretzky's record. But Frankie will probably call in sick that day. Um, I, I won't be around. I'm busy that day. It's time to move on to the rest of the NHL and a couple of other cool records being chased or broken in the last week. Far less significant, but still fun nonetheless in period number Capitals goal scored by number eight, Alex Ovechkin. That was, I, I think the Capitals have the best PA announcer. He literally, he sounds like, he sounds like someone who makes announcements at a roller coaster line. Like you'll be at Great America. Capitals goal scored by number eight. I, I like uh, the Ducks. Anaheim Ducks goal! Yeah. <laughs> His 30th of the season, scored by number 10, Corey Perry! Yeah, I like that. I feel like I feel like I could... I wonder if I could imitate. You just say a team and I can imitate their guy. Because oh, some man. of them are, like, so unique that, like, they stick in your head after all these years. Yeah, Maple Leafs goal, his third of the season, scored by number 16, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner is on a 23-game point streak. It's the longest in the NHL since Patrick Kane had 25 back in the day. Now, you might remember when Hall had the 28-game point streak in the year the Devils made the playoffs, 2018. But it doesn't count in the NHL record books because he missed three games with a hand injury in between. So it was always 23 straight games in which he's played type of point streak that was, you know, something there. But that doesn't count. So if Marner's chasing Patrick Kane as the biggest or the longest uh, point streak since 94. Nope, nobody's even trying to, like, do the all-time one because he still hasn't even gotten halfway there. That's like, tough. Like Wayne Gretzky's, or uh, yeah, Wayne Gretzky. That may never be broken. Fifty-one straight games. With that's a point. tough. Yeah, that's like two-thirds of the season and getting a point straight. <laughs> that's I, tough. I don't see it. I, 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 I've always seen Ovechkin breaking his goal record, but I never saw. Here's one thing I'll say: I never saw and like Marner or someone proving me wrong on the Gretzky thing. The only reason it wouldn't truly surprise me is because I, in my life, never, ever, ever thought that someone would break Doug Jarvis's record for the most consecutive games played. I never, ever thought someone would get in the high 900s of straight games. You're never going to break a finger. You're never going to get the flu. I mean, holy shit. Phil Kessel and Keith Yandel did it with a global pandemic that wiped out half of rosters at a time to the COVID safety protocol list or whatever they called it back at the time. And... Phil and Keith Yandel like never just went on that list and it, they played through it all. And the fact that that happened, okay, Marner gets 20 more games with a point. Like that would be slightly less surprising, but still very surprising nonetheless. What do you make of Marner's 23 game point streak? The Maple Leafs are now tied with the Devils for the second most standing yeah. points in the NHL. 
you know, it's definitely helped Toronto win some games. They're 12-0-3 in their last 15 games. And when you're on a tw- – yeah, they haven't lost in regulation in 15 games. Go Leafs, and go. When, and when you have a guy like Mitch Marner, who the Leafs are expecting to perform alongside Austin Matthews on the team, and, you know, a guy that needs to perform if this Toronto Maple Leafs want to prove me wrong and win a playoff series and be the real deal, um, it's hard to lose games. You're on a 23-game point streak. That means you haven't been shut out in at least 23 games. And, you know, even some of the best teams in leagues eventually get shut out. So the fact that he's doing that is a big reason is why they're 12-0-3 in the last 15 games. Um, It's the longest point streak in Toronto history, which he shattered that a while ago. Um, And he's the 12th player in NHL history with at least a 23-game point streak. Um, I mean, you got guys like... Samsonov or Samsonov getting his back-to-back a back-to-back shutout for the team. I mean, everything's clicking right now. Mitch Marner's feeling it. Obviously, if you're going to ask him about it, he's going to say we're just focused on winning the games. He's not going to allude to anything. And I'm pretty sure they asked the coach, and they said, "Yeah, we're just trying to focus right now on winning and getting the job done." But in the back of his head, he knows what he's on. He knows he's on the 23-game point streak. But it's simply fantastic because. This is something that is very rare, and only twelve other people, or he's the only eleven other people, have ever gotten a point streak this high. So it's something very rare, and what we're witnessing right now is truly special. I would consider Mitch Marner an elite player in the NHL. Um, he's absolutely magnificent, and he plays with very good players. He's only 10th in the league in scoring, so it's not like he's having three, four points a game during this streak. He's just casually doing what he's got to do to help his team win. Um, It's not the Austin Matthews show this year in terms of scoring a goal every single game, essentially. Like, they're all scoring goals. They're all chipping in the assists. William Nylander, John Tavares, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner, in my opinion, are the best big four in the NHL. Jesper Bratt, Nico Heashier, Jack Hughes, they could give a big three a run for their money. They don't have a fourth guy like Toronto has. Maybe Dawson Mercer becomes that one day or something like that. They make a good draft pick or a trade, but they, they don't have that big four. And that's not the key to winning. Like, could the Devils go farther in the playoffs than the Leafs? Maybe. You know, that's it, not the key to winning, but they score a lot. They are a very exciting team. Mitch Marner's a big part of it. This is the year for the Leafs. Um, they are my pick to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, that's mm-hmm. insane. They I have no around. no reason to think otherwise. No, you do um, have a reason to think otherwise. No, I can't back you on that. Yeah, um, it's becoming my shtick at this point. Kind of like you <laughs> not backing off the Ovechkin thing, even though he scores a million goals a game. Um, it's just it's good for Mitch Marner. I'm happy for him. I I hope it continues long. They play the Rangers next. Hopefully, they smoke the Rangers. I don't care if they pass the Devils in the standings, the league standings. What do I care? Make make the playoffs, Devils. We were, you know, not positive that was going to happen. Like, you win the Metropolitan Division. I don't care if you're third in the league or fourth. Like, what do I care about the President's Trophy race? I'm not President's Trophy. It's a jinx. How about, how about make the playoffs? How about make the playoffs? The President's Trophy is a jinx anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. Um, I think the Maple Leafs, I think very highly of them. I do. It, it feels a little different so far this year. Um, I thought it felt different last year, and now I'm thinking back. I'm like, it was very much the Austin Matthews show, which it's still the Austin Matthews show. He's the best player on the lease. He's a top five player in the NHL. But 
it's not as flashy on the Austin Matthews side because of the fact that something's going on where they're playing more of a team game. People overreacted to their tough first week of the season. The Blackhawks were going to make the surprise Cinderella run to the playoffs, and the Maple Leafs were going to miss the playoffs and be the biggest disappointment in NHL history after the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, the Blackhawks had three wins in five days to start the season and then have three wins since. Uh, How the Maple Leafs doing? Um, This is just never overreact early in the season. I think I'm just cracking a joke about that. It doesn't matter what teams we're talking about, but back to Marner elite player, 37 points. Can't wait to see what's next from him. We'll see if he's able to keep that point streak going at Madison square garden, which would make it 24. Then the following, he would try to tie Patrick Kane for the most this century. Um, without getting into the game, cause we'll get into the game when we recap the trip a little bit. But Jack Hughes broke the NHL record for the longest shift in NHL history. Six minutes and two seconds on that shift. He scored a goal and made it very interesting for the Devils as they tried to mount a comeback against the New York Islanders. There were plenty of grade A chances. There were a couple crossbars, posts, and a couple just missed the net by an inch. Jack Hughes did everything he could to get that game tied. They came up just short. It was an incredibly entertaining game on Friday against the Islanders wearing their sick reverse retros. What do you make of Hughes? What do you make of breaking the shift record, the whole thing. Well, Jack Hughes, elite player. Um, I don't know how that happened, that he got six minutes and two seconds shift. I actually didn't know it until you told me. You saw it in person. So I don't have much information on it because I, I didn't – How did he, I want to know, based on your opinion, how did you let that happen? They were down three, and they pulled the goalie with seven minutes left. And he played for a minute, sat for like 30 seconds, and then came back out and had a six-minute shift. That's insane. And he scored a goal on it. There were a couple icings. There was the goal. So it's not like six minutes of constant hockey. Yeah. But like it was six minutes of straight game clock. It's got to be hard on the legs. It probably was hard on the legs. And they had two days off, a rare two days off in between games. Maybe that's Um, why they did it. That, that probably is why they did it. And listen, Jack Hughes is incredible. He's one of the best players in the NHL. Because two days later, he had another two points against the Rangers. So four points in over two games. Um, Dallas Stars did a very good job of holding him off yesterday. Um, you're not going to get a point in every single game, even Mitch Marner. But um, Jack Hughes is incredible. He's amongst the elite in the NHL. When he's out there, he's deacon. I remember our buddy Dylan tweeting during the game that I was at on Friday. I just watched Jack Hughes played for what seems like 10 straight minutes. <laughs> it, it was seven minutes out of eight, and it was just absolutely unbelievable. He's 15th in the league in scoring. Um, he's got 34 points in 29 games played. He's on pace for 100 on the dot, and he's 21. It's crazy. It's going to be like when he's 28. Yeah, Seriously. So I think there's a chance he gets to 100 that this year. I said that last show. Yeah, yeah, I I would say there's a chance, um, especially if the Devils keep playing well and he sure and Brat continue what they're doing. They're, they've been outstanding oh, yeah. as well. Uh, Dougie Hamilton outstanding from the back end. There's a lot of support for Jack Hughes, which is helping him take full advantage of his skills. But he's deacon out there. He kind of looks like Patrick Kane back in the day. <laughs> deacon out there, playing with defenseman's food, and it's really fun to watch. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks, they stink. 
Um, but I did a piece for DewindyCity.com highlighting the fact that Team Canada's roster just came <laughs> out. And boy, is it a roster. If they don't win the World Junior Championship Tournament. Listen, I love Team USA. I'm going to be running red, white, and blue all day when the World Juniors start on Boxing Day, December the 26th. They're not going to beat Canada this year. And I'm not Canada wins every year kind of person. I don't predict Canada to win every year. But usually when Canada has the guys who are going to go one and two in the draft and they're not even like their most experienced players on the team, then Canada comes in with a really good shot. That Now, when Team USA won in 2020, they tournament got canceled last year because they didn't do it in a bubble. They did it in a bubble the year before, and, it, you know, they played it safely. Canada lost to the U.S. in the championship game 2-0. That Canada team was one of the greatest world junior teams ever assembled, in my opinion, and they couldn't find a way to beat Team USA in the gold medal game. I don't... I don't see it going the same way this time around. Canada's team so good. Bedard, Fantilli, highlight the list. Um, Fantilli's one of the rare Canadians playing college hockey, which credit to him. I want more Canadians to come down and play college hockey. It'll make the game even better. He easily could have entered the CHL draft and either gone to the OHL, WHL, or QMJHL, played with, you know, in the same league as Bedard, or, you know, some of the other top guys, Shane Wright last year, stuff like that. But he's, he went the college hockey route playing for Michigan. Now he's on Team Canada. Well, that's going to be a great team. But there's some Blackhawks flavor on this team is my long-winded way of getting to that. But I, talking about Bedard and Fantilli does apply to the Blackhawks because they are going to be in a position to potentially have one of the top two overall picks. Kevin Korchinski, Nolan Allen, and Ethan Del Mastro are all left D that will start for Team yeah. Canada. And so literally one half of their defense is Blackhawks prospects. And then Colton Dock is the 13th forward. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a healthy scratch for two out of their three prelim games, unless there's an injury. But he, he made the team nonetheless, which mm -hmm. making the team is better than not making the team. So I ask you, Frank, what do you make of the fact that the Blackhawks are running the D on Team USA? I love it. I mean, that just proves and shows how good their um... – their farm system is in the, the defense department, which has been one of the um, weaker points as of late. We've always stressed that the Blackhawks don't have the greatest defense and hopefully they're building towards a better defense. And it appears so. I mean, if you have three guys on in your farm system, making team, the world junior Canadian team, I mean, that's something to be proud of for sure. And we all, I'm very high up on Kevin Korchinski. Um, not as much, or I, I mean, I like the other two guys, Del, Mas Del Mastro and, uh, Nolan Allen, but obviously Korchinski is going to be that guy, I think, and I hope so um, for the Blackhawks in the future. But this team is stacked. I, I agree with you. I'd be shocked if they don't win it. Um, you didn't even mention Shane Wright. I think he can make a he can make an impact on this team. He hasn't performed that well or that great as you know some of us may have expected at an NHL level. But you're not playing against a whole NHL team in the World Juniors, so I think he could have a major impact. Um, in this tournament as well. And I, like you said, Bedard and Fantilli going to have great tournaments as well. It's just, if Bedard is as good as he say, they, as they say he is, I think this is going to be a breakout tournament for him and he's going to put his foot down and prove as to why he should be the number one draft pick next year. Bedard is going to have Shane Wright on his wing and Shane Wright's a center. 
Like it's gonna be tough. It's it's gonna be tough. Team. And credit to the Kraken. They're like, oh, you know, we're we're easing him into the NHL. He's not quite ready. And they're not throwing him into the NHL fire every single night. He scored against Montreal when he played. I think he's looked way better in the last two weeks. I've been taking note of okay. Seattle lately and taking Shane Wright notes. Um, was great in the AHL when he was sent down there. He's not AHL eligible unless he takes a health bomb five straight games. Um, so I'm happy the Kraken are letting him go play for the World Juniors. And then when he comes back in the end of January to the Seattle, he might be a completely revamped player. So credit to Seattle for – Seattle's doing exactly what Philly should have did with Nolan Patrick. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. If Philly handled Nolan Patrick the way that they're handling right, things might be different for Nolan Patrick and his grand. I know Nolan Patrick had injuries that Shane Wright can only hope to never have, um, but I'm excited to see what they can do for Team Canada. I think they're going to dominate those three forwards, Wright with the Kraken, and then Fantilli and Bedard, who are draft eligible. Um, you and Skokes bring up Korchinski first and foremost. He's actually projected to be their third pair lefty at this point in time, but he has the highest ceiling of all their lefties. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all flows on the back end. Um, I have Korchinski right now. I mean, it's hard to quote unquote redraft after, you know, half of the following season, but Korchinski would probably be in my top five now. If I were to redo last year's draft, I would probably take Cooley first and I would probably take, um, Nemich second still, I would take Uri Slavkovsky third, and I would take Korchinski fourth, I think, and then right fifth. Like, I, I, hope I think he pans out the way that I hope he does. Yeah, I think that highly of Korchinski. And, you know, we'll see what happens with this Team Canada. Luke Hughes will be on Team USA, of course, just an absolute stud. USA is going to be great. So will Finland, so will Sweden, and Russia. I don't know what, or no, Russia's not allowed in it this year. Um, I'm missing one. The Czechs are coming back. They had a lull for a while. They're coming back. And they've been good lately. And hopefully the Slovaks catch up too. I want to see them be a good hockey country again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Swiss though. Every The Swiss are getting better and better every year. They keep pumping out NHLers. They're probably the fastest growing NHL country. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, lots of Blackhawks love there. Frank, I just got back from New Jersey slash New York. Yep. On Friday, they gave away this beauty. Chico and Nico wearing their reverse retros. I think this is one of the coolest giveaways any of my favorite teams have ever done. Chico Resch, who is a friend of the program, and Nico Nisher, who I can only hope to get on the podcast one day. I do believe it's possible based on what I know. But Chico Resch, I have – we met him in person. I have his phone number. He's legitimately a friend at this point. Um, one of my favorite people ever. So that was really cool for them to give away. And yeah, that yeah, is, for sure. The Jack Hughes shift. The Devils made it close. And then on Monday, the game against the New York Rangers, they blew a 3-1 lead, and then it went to overtime. And Philip Heedle made a great play in overtime to beat Vitek Vanacek, and the Rangers took the extra point. But overall, the – the Devils had their ups and their downs, and they were still in each game. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to win every game. And I know it kind of stinks that I went there and left without a win. But at the same time, they got a point. They looked good. 
I didn't go during the streak. Like sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Um, I've learned that when you were gone and the devil's lost two in a row, I learned we could become millionaires. Just tell me what game you're going to. And so I could go the opposite way. And then um, th- that'll have it. I mean, I was stunned that they lost two in a row. Cause I don't know if they've lost two in a row all year besides that. Have the they? First two. The first two. Oh, two and oh. I mean, but nonetheless, you saw two great games. Yeah, you, you saw your guys score. So even though you don't come out with a win, you still got to see a lot of production. And the three guys that probably produced the most that you saw in person were Hughes, Mercer, and um, Heeshear. You got to see two goals from Heeshear, two goals from Mercer and an assist, and two goals from Jack Hughes and an assist. But right now, I, I know they've lost three in a row, but there's nothing to worry about right now with the Devils. I mean, some of the best teams ever go through slumps like this. They're still 21-6-2. They hold the division by six points. I, there's really nothing to worry about as a Devils fan. You can't expect to win 10-plus games every time and go on these long win streaks. It's just not realistic. I mean, what the New Jersey Devils did when they went on their long 13-game winning streak was just just something really unheard of, especially for a team like this who wasn't projected to be as good as they are. Um, you got to expect that they regress a little bit, even to the point where they're regressing but still staying in first place in the division. I mean, a six-point lead in the division is still a lot, and we talked about how hard it is to make up points. So the points that these other teams in the Metropolitan Division are going to have to try and make up to catch the Devils, it's still going to be a lot of work. So this small three-game win streak, nothing to worry about. They play the Philadelphia Flyers their next game. That's a great opportunity to get back on track. You don't want to lose against the Philadelphia Flyers. You have to beat the bad teams in the league at, to make a big difference later on in the league where when you're, you know, you're a couple points out of a playoff spot for some teams. Those are the key games to win. So hopefully they don't sleep on the Philadelphia Flyers and they get back on the winning track next game. You just made me realize something that I did not know. Glad to help. At the game against the Rangers, Siegenthaler scored the first goal of the game, according to the public address announcer, according to Twitter. I did not know until just now. If you were to ask me before the show started, hey, Vince, how many goals does he sure have? I would have said 12. They gave him credit for tipping Siegenthaler's shot. I did not know they changed that. There you go. And, and I know when you said you saw two goals from Heesher, I'm like, there's no way he's wrong because he definitely like just looked it up. Did what happened? And I went and looked, and Heesher, the first goal of the game reads Heesher from Siegenthaler. That is, I did not know that See, that was the case. I'm always so here to help. Hughes scored twice, and Heesher scored twice while I was there. That's. That's good. It, that, that's good news, in my opinion, because you need to see these guys do what they're doing. They're all over point per game. Heischer's on pace for 83 yep. points. Um, Hughes is on pace for 100. Bratz somewhere in the middle. It's it's good times for the Devils right now. And they lost 4-1 to one yesterday. It was a 2-1 to one game with two empty netters. <laughs> and uh, a piece, I think it might have even gotten published during the show for PucksandPitchforks.com, written by me. Um, it's actually not published yet. It's about, um, the fact that the devil's got to stop giving up goals in the final minutes of periods. They did it in the Ranger game. 
They gave up a goal to Kreider late in the uh, first period. They gave up a goal to the Islanders, which made it two to one Islanders, I think, or they let them tie it. It was something. The Islanders scored one the last minute of the period. And then the game-winning goal yesterday. Um, I, it was either Kiwi, Ranta, or Hockenpah. I get the Finns mixed up sometimes. But they scored with two seconds left in the second period to make it 2-1, and that ended up being the game winner. The Stars got the two empty net goals. If the Devils figure out a way to like clean things up in the final minute, minute and a half of a period, you know they, they might have an extra two points in the standings right now. So that, that's my critique of them right now. You can read more about that opinion on pucksandpitchforks.com not long after this show comes to a conclusion. But the trip to New Jersey was a major, major success. Thank you to everyone who, you know, sent nice messages, who came and said hello at the game or before at the game um, at uh, American Whiskey when we did the Let's Go Devils podcast game day live. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to go back. The next time I see the Devils will be on April 1st at the United Center against the Chicago Blackhawks unless something crazy happens, but that's the plan as of right now. Um, Frank, what's your favorite hockey story of the week? You know, not a lot really has happened this week to the point where, I mean, besides the stuff we've talked about, which I'm not really going to use, I'm going to kind of tweak some of the stuff, but I, I had to put something together, and I something came to mind that was pretty interesting to me. And Mitch Marner, we talked about how he's on a 23-game point streak. But not only that, but Steven Stamkos is on a 14-game point streak. Connor McDavid is on a 10-game point streak. We're witnessing three amazing players in the NHL, all on 10 or higher point streaks, which is very hard to believe. I mean, this stuff doesn't happen every year where you got three guys of this caliber on these long point streaks. You'd figure something's got to give at this point. Right now, there's so much scoring going on in the NHL, um, which is why I think these point streaks are a little inflated. I mean, you could expect the Oilers, you know, to get six goals. Tampa scored six goals yesterday. The Leafs scored seven goals yesterday, a 7-0 victory. There's so much scoring going on in the NHL right now. But these point streaks are climbing, and it makes you wonder if we're going to see like a historic point streak by the end of the year, whether it be Mitch Marner, whether the Stamkos goes on a streak. We know McDavid could score almost every game. Will he go on uh, a streak and maybe have a 30-point streak this year? I mean, this is stuff to keep track of right now, and it's pretty interesting when you got three guys like this all on 10 or higher point streaks at the same time. Absolutely. That I was thinking about going that direction when Stamkos, he's just so close to – you know, some big-time milestones himself. He just passed 1,000 points recently. Um, 500 goals is next. Um, I'm kind of with you. It's not it's not the same type of week where, like, nor- like there's something huge other than Ovechkin, which we gave a whole period to. Um, something I just wanted to mention was the play of Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is my favorite hockey story of the week. Because he has 59 points in 30 games played. He's almost on pace for 160 points. (laughs) I mean, he's on pace. He's got 33 assists in 30 games. He's on pace for 80-something assists. And he's got 26 goals in 30 games played. He's on pace for, like, 70 goals. Mm -hmm. Is he going to score 70 goals and have 80 assists? Probably not. Right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> who am I to tell Connor McDavid he can't? I never do know, right? But 
you know, just the way he's played, he's the greatest player ever. He's got 756 points. And I feel like we were just talking about him getting his 700. He'll have a thousand points before he turns 28. Oh yeah. Which, which is insane. And he will have 2000 career points. Crosby, I think will get close if he doesn't quite do it. I think McDavid will. And I don't know if he's going to have 600 goals or 700 goals or anything like that. Um, but he will definitely have lots of assists. He's eight. He's nine assists away from 500 career assists in 517 games played so far. So, so he's at 491 and 517. We'll see how long he's able to. Does he break Gretzky's assist record? What's Gretzky's assist record? I don't know. It's more. It's a lot it's more than Yager has points. Who's second? It's all a lot. Time. It's a lot. I'm going to say no. All right, let's see. I'll say no. But wouldn't that be funny if Ovechkin breaks Gretzky's goal record? And oh, no, that's a lot of assists. It's like 1,700 assists, right? 2,223. Yeah, not going to happen. That's a lot of assists. Not going to happen. So he has almost 3,000 points. Who? Oh. Gretzky. Yeah. Yeah, he has yeah. over 3,000. Huh? He has over 3,000 points. No. Wait. No, he doesn't. He's got 2,857. I don't know what list you looked at. He has 1,900 assists. 1,963. Oh, I'm looking at and playoffs. Combined with the playoffs, he's got 2,223. Oh, well, even still, though. He's got over 3,000 points. He's got 3,239 points, including playoffs. Wow. I never thought about that. 3,239. That's what I was looking at. Yeah, that's crazy. Those Oilers teams were good with Yari Curry and Grant Pierre <laughs> and all that stuff. Like they were, oh, Messier. Can't forget about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, hockey's a wonderful place. Um, I highly encourage it. Like if you're watching the show because you like the Barroom Network and you're mostly dedicated to football, like start trying some hockey. it's really really entertaining um if i could show someone a game to try and get them to like hockey it might be that devil's islanders game i went to it was so intense all game long and it was really cool it was cool to see zach parisi play for the islanders in person for the first time too i've seen him play for the wild of course in person like three or four times but seeing him play for the islanders for the first time that was cool. Frank, I think it's about time we move off hockey for a little bit and talk about some life in period number three. Welcome to period three. Frank, I figured we'd do this about once a month. Um, I think we've kind of basically done it once a month for a little while now. It's Frankie's Video Game Corner with Frankie Mueller. Frank? The floor is yours. All right. We're getting to the end of the year. Not a lot of stuff usually happens around this time of the year. Not a lot of games come out in December. Usually it comes out October, November, getting ready for the holidays. So December is usually a slow month, and things kick up right back up in the beginning of the first quarter of the year. But interesting um, news, Diablo 4 is coming out June 6th of next year. Diablo is going to be a game that is very, 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 very highly anticipated. Uh, it could be a favorite for game of the year next year already. We'll see what happens. Um, 
I think this is the first time a Diablo game's coming out in a, almost a decade. So, I mean, the Diablo fan base is absolutely nuts with this game. They love their Diablo. Any chance they could get a, uh, an opportunity to play it, they're already, you know, get, they're already licking their chops pre-ordering the game. I actually wrote an article about what's available. There's three versions of the game. So I wrote what comes in each version. Maybe you want to buy the middle version for $89. You want to buy the $100 version. You can go check out my article on App Trigger, and uh, I explain what comes in each version of that game. So the pre-orders are available now. That should be a lot of fun. With the holidays and winter here, um, a lot of winter events are going on. So if you log into Rocket League, they have their winter holiday event going on. Fortnite's got Winterfest going on right now. They're giving away some in-game gifts under the their virtual Christmas tree that you can unwrap some gifts. So that's cool to check out. Vin, this might intrigue you a little bit. Call of Duty has a thing going on called the Warzone Cup. as kind of you know paying homage to the World Cup going on right now. Um, it's Rocket League brought into Call of Duty. Never thought I would see the day. Rocket League and Call of Duty are two widely different games but they brought it into a version of it in the Call of Duty Warzone 2 where players will compete 3 on 3 with an 8 minute time uh 8 minute time limit up to 5 or whoever has the most goals at the end of 5 minutes if 5 goals is or at the end of 8 minutes if 5 goals isn't reached you ride ATVs around instead of cars and you got your operator skin on you you play these 3v3s you got to hit an oversized soccer ball into the net it's a cool little twist on bringing Rocket League to Call of Duty. Um, it's got the same type of mechanics, you know, in Rocket League, if you go full speed uh, into an opponent, you could demo them. Same thing here. If you're full speed on your ATV and you knock into your opponent, you'll disable them for a little bit, forcing them to respawn. So it's it's actually pretty, uh, pretty interesting that they're doing stuff like this. So it's a neat little event. Only lasts about nine days, I think, from today. It started today through uh, December 23rd. So we'll see how it goes. If it's got a lot of good reviews and a lot of people enjoy it, maybe it'll return next year during the summer when the Women's World Cup decides to kick off. Um, so that'll kick off next year. And if there's a lot of success, maybe it, we'll see it back into the game. I have a feeling it's going to be popular with how popular Rocket League is. People love the game. People love Call of Duty. Bringing them together is something that not a lot of people have expected that they would see. So we'll see how that goes. Um, also in Fortnite, I talked about Fortnite and their winter event a little bit. Mr. Beast, Vin, you know who Mr. Beast is? Mm -hmm. He is doing a Fortnite challenge where he is giving away $1 million of his money. All you have to do is in the event that'll take place, I believe, I don't remember the 17th, maybe I wrote about it as well. If you finish with the highest score in his little challenge that's going on in Fortnite, He'll give you $1 million. The way that works is there will be a separate type of game. There will be a different lobby in which you play in Fortnite. You join a game. If you have the highest score in the game, it'll take your highest score. You can play as many games as you want in a three-hour span. That's it. That's all this event's going to be running is within three hours. I believe you could practice right now. You could log into Fortnite and practice on the map, get a feel, try to practice as much as you can, but the real thing will kick off where you only got three hours to play as many games as you can and it doesn't matter if you have a bad game it's not going to affect you they're only taking your best game in that three hour span so all it takes is one game of Fortnite to finish with the highest score and mr beast will give you a million dollars nice little chunk of change for the holidays coming up um, and then the last bit of news i got 
Vin, I this game, you got to get this game. Hogwarts Legacy coming out. Well, it's been delayed on PS4 and Xbox One for the third time. This is a game that was expected to come out um, in 2021. Got delayed to this year, holiday 2022. Nope, getting delayed till next year. If you're looking to buy it on next-gen consoles, and I guess we could say, I don't even know why we say next-gen. Those are the current-gen consoles. We're using last-gen consoles. So if the next-gen consoles... Xbox One, PlayStation, or Xbox One, or the, oh my God, the Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, or PC, that'll be released in February, February 10th of next year. However, if you're looking to buy it on PS4, or Xbox One, that'll be, that's delayed till April. And if you want to buy it on the Nintendo Switch, that is not going to be released till June of next year. But that is a highly anticipated game as well. It was up for an award for one of the most anticipated games to come at the 2022 Game Awards. So I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. But unfortunately, if you want to buy it on the last-gen consoles, such as PS4 and Xbox One, you're going to have to wait a couple months longer. So maybe it'll entice people to buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X so they could play it on February 10th, 2023. Ones in Feb, the the newer consoles are February and the newer ones are April, or the older ones are April. Yeah. Huh. That's very interesting, Frank. That was outstanding information. I really want to play that Call of Duty Rocket League game. I might hop on that. Yeah, it's only for a short nine day period starting today. So if you yeah. want to play it, get it in while you can. That sounds really fun. I might. It's free. Yeah. Part of Warzone 2. You download Warzone 2 because Warzone 2 is free to play. Um, it's just an update. It was a mid-season update that they added that game mode to the game. Um, so, yeah, it's just I think they're just kind of getting everybody pumped up for the World Cup because the World Cup championship is on Sunday. Um, I don't know if our, if France won, but it's Argentina versus oh, France won. I'm getting word from everywhere. You're shaking your head. G's shaking her head. It'll be France and Argentina Sunday, so I guess this is just a way to get people hyped up a little bit, which makes me to believe when the Women's World Cup kicks off next year, we may see a return of this game mode. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. France versus Argentina is going to be sick, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Argentina, oh, yeah. Is Argentina going to dummy them? I don't know about dummy them. I think they're going to win. They have Messi, and Messi's one of the greatest players probably of all time. He's up there in the conversation. Do you have a World Cup, though? No, right? I don't know. I don't think so. But I, this is his time, right? Like, you would assume. I mean, France, they're a great team. Do you know what the score was? 2 nothing. 2 nothing. I was going to say, they have a very good goaltending. Um, and Argentina, they, they have a very good offense. So you got great offense against good goaltending. Something's got to give. I don't know what time that game will be at on Sunday, but I definitely want to tune into it to see who comes out on top. Yeah, me too. I more than likely will watch it. Um, love the World Cup. I My interest died down a tad when Team USA got eliminated. I think that's natural, but I still am like super interested in the stories and all that, so I'm excited for Sunday. Um, you know it'll be on one of my screens, whether it's computer or TV, I know we got some NFL football, uh, which we'll talk about in just a second here, but I'm excited about the World Cup. We'll see what happens. Hope, the, I'm, I don't know who I'm rooting for. I think I'm rooting for Argentina. I think Messi deserves I am to have I'm a, rooting for Argentina. If USA was in the World Cup, is that a game you're going to sit down and watch? Like if they were in the championship? I did watch all three of their games. Yeah, but like would that get the big screen, like if the Devils played? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say so. Um, Skylar says, "Welcome back, Vinny. Thank you very much. It's good to be back." Um, the NFL, Frank. That happened last week. This week, you see that seventh spot in the AFC keeps rotating. It was the Jets, and then who took it over for a night in the NFC or the AFC? Um, who took it over from the Jets for one night, and then the Patriots took it back. On Monday Night Football, I can't remember exactly. Drawing a blank. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank too. But I mean, you know, you know who I wanted to talk to you about? The Lions. They're good. They beat, they beat the Vikings. They beat the Vikings. They're good. They're not. They're not like playoff good. I mean, they're on the graphic because they're not mathematically eliminated. But like for being what are they six and seven? I think. Now they're yeah. like they're like a scrappy team. That could easily make playoffs. Are they like six and week. seven or five and eight? Because isn't that we're going into week fifteen? Oh no, bye week. So yeah, so they were five and I don't know six and seven. I think you're right, six and seven. Something like that. They're they're good. They 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 have some good wins on their resume, and I feel the same way about and, over. Go ahead. No, go. I finish what I was gonna say it as you were finishing. I was gonna say like I think the Jaguars are in a similar position. They're like a young up-and-coming team that I think could be good next year and beyond. For different reasons, the Jaguars are led by Trevor Lawrence. Jared Goff kind of stinks, but he's having an okay year so far this year. He's got two years left at a large cap hit. Um, the Lions are built on just playing really good football. They're well-coached. That you know They play hard every game. Um, if they start adding some talent to a group like that, well, they already have started adding some talent. They've been adding a lot of talent lately, and I think that's been that's the difference between. They got them rid of Hawkinson the though, which was a little surprising. Yeah, but like Hawkinson was a tight end on an expiring contract, right? Like, I think he was on an expiring contract. Like those guys just get sent out sometimes, and they got picks from a division rival for him, and we'll see what happens the rest of his career, but. The Lions have been one of the best second half teams this year. Yeah. They have one of the best records. They showed the records when they're on the screen. They have one of the best second half of the season records. They were like four and one. Now they're five and one, I think. They were actually favored in that game against the ten and two Vikings. Um, by like two points or whatever. But i mean they're they're a very good, bad team. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're just the most mediocre team in the NFL. Yeah. Like, they're good. They're not – I don't think they're bad. No, they're not like, bad. Like, if you're ranking Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl – or Super Bowl favorites, Super Bowl contenders, playoff teams, just missed teams, bad teams, I would put them in the just missed teams. Yeah. I would. They're not mathematically out of it. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not mathematically out of it. No, and if they made the playoffs, it would just be a sign of how like disgustingly poor the depth of the NFC is. Like, I think the top teams of the NFC are good. Well, oh, yeah. I don't really think the Vikings are that good, and I know I like you probably think I'm weird saying that. Like, oh, they're ten and three. You were right saying they were going to win the. Di- all I did was pick them to win the division. literally all I did was pick them to win the division. I do not think they're as good as San Francisco. I do not think they're as good as Philly. They might not even be as good as who are some of the, Oh, the Cowboys. I would, I think the Cowboys would beat them in a playoff game. Like the giants might, I don't know about the giants, but like the Vikings, they're just like a really good team that 
is limited at certain positions. So, you know, if that Vikings roster had Justin Fields, I could see them being like a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. I And one other team I wanted to talk to you about, and then you could get into your NFL thoughts, my freaking bongles. Started off three and three, and the three losses were by a combined eight points. They've only lost once since. Oh, they avenged that loss by beating the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Their one kryptonite is their oddest or their in-state rival, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's the team that can beat the Chiefs if someone can. Them and the Bills. Those are the three best teams in the AFC. I think they're three of the five best teams in the NFL. Yeah, it's those three, the Eagles and the 49ers. Yeah, those three are the Titans in the AFC for sure. Yeah. Can can anybody in the AFC upset one of them in Europe? Like someone that's not one of those three? I would say the Dolphins, but I don't know. They've two has looked not amazing the second half. Yeah, he's he's only got one loss, right? It seems like ever well, he lost this week. Is it two now? To the Chargers, he lost to the Chargers this yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. Because not all, almost all their losses were with their backup while he and, was doing. And the he concussion. looked, he looked really bad. Like yeah, I was concerned, really like something was messed up from his concussion. Yeah. He was throwing the ball over these guys' heads. It wasn't even close. I was like, "What is going on?" That could lead to a big bounce back, though. No, it could. I, I mean, I fully expect them to bounce back this week, and I'm pretty sure they got a decently big game this week. But you're I, gonna I think know. I'm, you're gonna think I'm crazy. The Titans. They, they, they play, oh, you think the Titans are gonna could upset? They, they could. I would pick the three teams. I would pick the Bills, Bengals, or Chiefs. I would. But if someone were to make me worry, it would be the Titans. And I know we both came in shitting on them. All the Colts are gonna take over the division this year and what have you. That Titans team, they find ways to stay in games. They're they're like a better version of the Vikings in the AFC. Like they play good defense. They're limited at quarterback, mm-hmm. but they find ways. Yeah. And I, I think Vrabel's the best coach in the NFL. I was going to say Vrabel's a fantastic so, coach. I love Vrabel. He's actually yeah. going to be on a show. It's I would uh, put him- There's like a bar game show coming up. Like where they're gonna have all these athletes and celebrities on it, and I saw him. I go, I laughed. I go, there's no way this dude's on the show. I love him. He's a he's a great coach. He's got a great personality. He'd be fun to hang out with. Yeah, absolutely. I would rank him numero uno right now. Belichick all time, of course, but like right now, if I could pick, yeah. pluck one guy that's come crazy. to my favorite that's team. Crazy. I'm surprised you said it that. It would be variable. Yeah. Really, really good. Surprised. Um, do you have any other NFL things you want to get off your chest? Well, the Brown streak against the Bengals stopped, like you said. The Steelers streak against the Ravens stopped, but that was just that was so stupid. Mitch because is Kenny so Pickett got injured. Mitch comes in, Mitch throws three so interceptions. Brock Purdy looked good against the Bucks. No, oh, sure did. Brock sure Purdy. Did. I well, we'll Purdy. see if it's a fluke or not, but he looked pretty damn good. Um, interesting. Yep. And the, week, uh, the Buccaneers defense has been their strength this year. Yeah. So not that game. That was no, 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 no. That giant or that uh, 49ers defense though. Them and the Patriots clearly the two best division or two best defenses in the league. Me personally, 
and maybe I'm saying this because I'm biased with fantasy and they have the number one fantasy defense. I think I'd prefer the Patriots defense because they get more takeaways. I mean, the, uh, the 49ers statistically have less points allowed per game. They stop the teams more often, but it seems like the Patriots also stop the teams, but they also force turnovers, get takeaways. I don't know. The Patriots got a really good defense. Yeah, they do. They, They're they number really one ranked defense. in fantasy. That's yeah, that's not surprising. Turnovers get you lots of fantasy points and stuff like that. But um speaking of the Patriots, Skyler says in Brady's three largest losses, he's won the Super Bowl. Wow. I Okay, the NFC is so bad that the Buccaneers are a threat, in my opinion. They are. I, I can't agree with you. They're gonna get a home playoff game and they're gonna play a team worse than them. I just so you I don't, win one. I don't agree. You win one against the Giants or something. And then in the second round, you're playing one of the top dogs. And like I've seen Tom Brady do it. Tom Brady's like Ovechkin. It's the same conversation. It's a little bit different because we're talking about winning and losing. But like Tom Brady's gonna find a way to like at least be competitive. Listen, and every like, anything can happen when you make the playoffs. Yes. Right? If you make the playoffs, anything can happen. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. I, I'm sorry, VP. It's just they look bad. They were gonna, I bet you thought they were going to lose to the Saints. They look bad, the though. I know, but they look bad. I know yeah, it's Tom Brady. Drive, in I know. Final drive. I know. I, I understand. They find a way, but <laughs> they just don't look good. Listen, they're not my pick. The 49ers are my pick from the NFC. If they make if they make the playoffs under 500 and they somehow found a way to win a Super Bowl, that would probably make history as the first team to ever win a Super Bowl under 500. No, the Giants are the worst regular season team to ever win the Super Bowl, I think. They were under 500? They were 9-7. and seven. Okay, yeah, so I'd be right. That, what, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. They'd make history as the first team ever under 500 to, make the, um, to win the Super Bowl because obviously – the way they're going, they're not going to finish 500. I would be stunned. What are they? Eight and nine? Right now? Seven and eight? They didn't play that many games. That'd be 15 games. This is only week 15. Are they six and seven? They're, they're six and seven. Are they? Is that what it says? I thought there were two games under 500. No, I'm pretty sure they're one. They were 500 after the game against Did the, you look uh, it up? No, but I can. I thought there were one. I think they're six and oh. They're six and seven. Yeah, they're six and seven. Okay. And they have a one-game lead on their division. They might over not the even Panthers. Over Panthers the Panthers. Panthers they had a big win against in Seattle this week. That was a big yeah. Isn't win. it funny? They they get Baker Mayfield. They H out of there. They come up with a big win over a good team, and then Baker Mayfield. That was the game of the week. Um, Rams versus uh, stinks, I don't want to hear it. Oh, he stinks. No, he stinks. There's no doubt. He was aw- he was Tom Brady in that final drive. <laughs> he looked great. He yeah. was. That was a game winning believe I, I and he like cocked. the Raiders are not going to the playoffs now because of that game. Yeah. Like if they would have won, people would say, Oh, the Raiders, watch Raiders, out for the Raiders. Raiders disappointed me this nope. year. Next year, I think they'll be a little bit better. They'll have a full year of Adams in the system. We talked about how hard it is for players just to join in right away and play. I think next year they'll be a little bit better. People are going to look at me like I have three heads when I say that, but I do. I do. I think the Patriots are better – or not the Patriots. I do think the Raiders are better than 
what the record shows. I don't think that they're going to be that bad that bad going forward, and we'll see what happens. But this year's not their year. Kyler Murray also torn his ACL. That was rough. He's out for the season. Could you hear me? Hello? Yeah, that was rough. It was the Chargers. It was the Chargers that took the Jets. Are you not able to hear me? You're like really choppy. You're lagging. I think Frankie is unable to hear me at this time. Your video is going in and out. You're Can you like, hear me now? I could hear you, but everything I'm saying, you're hearing like 15 seconds later. It's funny. You're doing. Oh, because it was the same thing for me, for you. So I don't know what the people are seeing. Who One of us is good and one of us is bad to the people, I would assume. But now we're both back, it looks like. So what I was saying was it was the charger. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, it's still delayed. So this is going to be tough. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. But everything's huh. delayed. So it's going to be like we're talking over each other. That's okay. Um, what I was saying, though was that the Jets had that playoff spot coming into the week and then they lost it to the Chargers who beat, you know, they came back and won their game and the Jets lost to the Bills, but then the Patriots took it back on Monday Night Football. Did you catch all that? Yeah. Yeah, we are in a little bit of a delay here. Why don't you give your soliloquy on what I just said about the playoffs. I'm going to leave and rejoin. All right. Got to be honest. All I heard was the bills overtook somebody. So I don't really remember what he said. So I'm just going to sit and talk to you guys. So if somebody wants to say, uh, if someone of you guys want to say something, I think, I think, Hello? I'm back. I'm here. Yeah. I can hear you. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've had this type of issue. Let me see if I can. This is very weird. Anyway, it's just me now. So how's everybody doing? Skylar, how you doing? Skokes, anybody else here uh, want to say something? Give me something to talk about. Yeah, we got also got a Saturday triple header coming up, which is interesting to have NFL football on Saturday. We have the Colts versus the Vikings at the noon game. The 3.30 game is Ravens versus Browns, which should be pretty interesting because I don't think Lamar Jackson will be back. But I know he was week to week, but I still don't think he's going to be back this week. And then the ending, Saturday night, what a banger. I think it's going to be a better game than people expect. Dolphins versus the Bills. I know the Dolphins didn't look that good against the San Diego Chargers, but I think that, you know, every team. Oh, hold on. We got Vinny back. VP? He's back. Could you hear me? Back again. I can hear you. All right. So we're not delayed anymore. With no lag. With no lag. With no lag. I was just telling the people. With no lag. How we also have a Saturday triple header this week. Let's go, sir. We have some football. Um, good, good football on Saturday. Colts, Vikings, the noon game, Ravens, Browns, the three thirty game. And the game I was thinking about the dolphins, tough game this week, dolphins, bills su- or Saturday night. That's going to be a good game. I know the bill- dolphins look bad, but this is still going to be a good game. It's not going to be, I don't think we're going to see the same Tua. bills will probably still win. 
because I'm really high up on the Bills. I still am. I don't care if they have three losses. Chiefs got three losses. I still think number one seed. No one ripping on that. No, I trust me. I've had people rip on me to my face about the Bills. I just want to say I don't care if the Bills, who they lost to, or whatever. They're still a very good team. They're still my pick to win. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They have the best record in Listen, their I didn't say the people who rip on me are knowledgeable. I'm just saying. Clearly not. <laughs> Bills are still my pick to win the Super Bowl. I don't care. I want them to run through the Chiefs. I want them to run through the Bengals. Go Josh Allen. Get a ring. They'll win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen. One I day. hope. If it's this year or like he's so. that good. He's that good. I think I think I would pick the Chiefs in a rematch. That's not crapping on the Bills, though. I mean, they can easily – like I said, it's – I believe, and you're going to say, oh, way to go out on a limb there, Vin. Why don't you name the whole league? But Chiefs, <laughs> Bengals, Bills, 49ers, Eagles. I just named the Super Bowl champion. Oh, yeah, you named half the league. Yeah, I named five teams. Do you agree with the five teams, or would you throw someone else? Say it again because I – The Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the 49ers – and the Eagles. The only fan bases who would get extremely mad at me for saying that are the Ravens. No, I agree Chargers, with you. And the uh, Vikings. Those are the fan bases that would think I'm crazy for not including their team. The Ravens, the Chargers, and the Vikings. I completely agree with you. I'd, I'd take out the Eagles probably. But, yeah. Who would you put in their place? No one. I think it's going to be one of the four. Oh, Huh. Interesting. Well, the NFL is very interesting. Glad we have Saturday football with college going away till bowl season. Um, there's been a little bit of MLB news. Um, they There's been a lot of free agent signings. Carlos Correa went to the Giants last night. We have seen Xander Bogarts go to the San Diego Padres. Kodai Senga came over from Japan and joined the New York Mets. Mm -hmm. Um, The White Sox and the Cubs have done absolutely nothing since our last show. Um, We live in a big market where our teams act like the A's and the Rays. Um, Yeah, and I highly encourage everybody to join into Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow where Herb Lawrence from CHGO will be on as a guest with me to talk Chicago baseball free agency things going on with the White Sox. What are they doing? What the H of the Cubs doing? Their off season is going from one of the biggest hyped off seasons to basically possibly getting absolutely nothing. Both teams are in shambles in a lot of ways. And we are going to go over all that tomorrow on Crosstown Crosstalk. Very excited for it. Frank, do you have anything to add to this short preview of Crosstown Crosstalk baseball conversation? Carlos Correa signed with the Giants for 13 years at 350 million. Um, that's a big contract. 13 years locked up in San Francisco Bay Area. Chris Bassett to the Blue Jays, three years, 63 million. Bless you. Thank you. Um, and let's go Mariners. Yeah, let's go Mariners. And White Sox. (laughs) Um, and Red Sox and Braves. Are those the five teams of this show? Mariners, Cubs, White Sox, Braves, Astro. Wait. White Sox, Red Sox, Braves, Mariners, yeah. Cubs. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Um, 
But yeah, join me tomorrow, Cross on Crosstalk, 2 p.m., same platform. Very excited to hear all the baseball conversation that keeps going following our hockey show today. Frank, what are you watching this weekend? Like, what's going on? What are you thinking? I started the final season of Lock and Key. That's been a lot of fun. I love that oh. show a lot. Um, very interesting show. You would love it. It's kind of, they're not wizards by any means. It's kind of got Harry Potter vibes a little bit. But it has nothing to do with wizards. But if you watch the show, because there's these like magical keys and I think of magic with the wizardry. It's it, it, eh, kind of. That's it's been really fun. Spectrum. Huh? It's on the same spectrum. Yeah, it's on the same spectrum. Tonight, a three-hour finale of Survivor. Three-hour finale is tonight of Survivor. Tonight's the finale? Yeah. I cannot wait. Did you watch last week's episode? Yeah, I had no clue tonight. You saw last week's uh, backstab? Yep. That was insane. I actually watched it yesterday or two nights ago. What did you think of that? That was just... Dude, I was stunned. I cannot believe tonight's the finale. That yep. sucked. That I what? we have like three more left. No, that's three hours. Yeah, and at the end, time. the cool thing is though, at, at the end, usually they preview next season. Ah. So you get a taste of like what the theme will be. Yeah. Usually. So yeah, I'm watching that. I'll watch the World Cup Sunday, Saturday football. Obviously, Game of Thrones, we're cruising through season four. I'm going to have that done sooner that, rather than later. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Very good. Very, very good. I same old sports, the devils, uh, keeping up with all the hockey, all the football, um, Christmas movies. I've been watching the clauses on Disney plus. Very, very good. They have a TV show. No, I, that's the, I'm talking about the TV show. Oh yeah. I haven't watched the movies this season, I mean, I've seen them all. I love those movies. Yeah, me too. They're some of my favorite like movies, just in general. But um, I am, I'll run the movies, but I've been watching the TV show. It's good. I like it. So I can't wait to watch the next episode. I think the next the new ones tonight. And then I missed last week's because I was gone. So I actually will have two to watch today. Um, looking forward to that. That's pretty much my my. My viewing of stuff is basically sports and Christmas right now because of the time of year. But after Christmas, man, we'll be right back into it all. And I'm kind of excited about it. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. um, Doctor Strange is the next movie on the MCU list with Katie. So that'll be a good one, too. And then like Guardians 2 and then Spider-Man Homecoming. I literally we're getting into the meat and potatoes now. I'm pumped. Yep. absolutely jacked. I, you know, we start getting into like the infinity shit now. Like I and am the best so- is yet to come. So excited. Oh, yeah. Katie points out in the chat. We've watched a Toy Story, too. We went to a Toy Story uh, birthday party a couple weekends ago and have just kind of been obsessed with Toy Story since. And, like, when I say obsessed, I mean, like, listening to some of the songs in the car, like, by myself, like, enjoying it truly. Like, Toy hey, Story is magnificent. nothing wrong with that. No, we, uh, absolutely. Me and G, we've started watching all the Pixar movies the date they came out, which was Toy Story was the first one, Bugs Life, and then Toy Story 2. After that, I believe um, we're we're just kind of watching it casually when we want, but we're going through all the Pixar's starting from the year they were released, and they've oh. been interesting. They've been a lot of fun to watch. That's a wonderful idea. I might do that after the MCU. We're done with that. I like yeah, it's, that. It's a lot of fun. We watched Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story Two, and we're just going down the order they came out. There's a whole list, kind of like the MCU. Just go down the list, 
It's yeah, been a lot of fun. Sense. We've just been doing it casually, though. Once in a while, we'll just throw it on. I watched A Bug's Life sitting in my room by myself during the COVID pandemic. Did, did I enjoyed the rewatch of it. Did you? Well, when I watched A Bug's Life with G, it was the first time I've ever seen it. Oh. It was okay. Yeah. If you don't have that memory of it as a kid, I could understand it. I've seen Toy like... Story, so those were rewatched, but I've never seen A Bug's Life. It was okay. Um, there's a there's a line from the movie. I forgot what it is. Do you remember the line from the movie that's really funny from Bugs Life? What part? There... I'm trying to think of what part you would be talking about. I don't know. G said there's a part where they're walking and a leaf falls and they think they're lost, but I don't know if that was it because that doesn't seem too funny to me. <laughs> no, oh, I don't Frank. think that's it. Frankie just mad at lines. I don't know. Um, there was something really funny in there, though. But other than that, it's an okay movie. Yeah, I, I really like about Scope's Life. got a burning question for us. Go ahead. Did we watch Wakanda Forever? I did not. I already said we need Ant-Man is a must night one. We got to make it work. We have to. I'm looking forward to that movie so much. Yeah, I literally can't wait. I have yet to see Wakanda Forever. I'm a complete Muppet. I'm very behind, but it will all be caught up soon enough. I'm trying to find this quote from A Bug's Life. It was so funny. I don't remember. I don't even remember what part. I mean, I thought something fell. Was it during the circus part when one of the flies said, hey, cutie, want to pollinate with a real bug? No. Because that's pretty funny. (laughs) I thought like a crumb fell or something. Maybe it was the leaf, but that doesn't seem like. I have no idea. Maybe it is that part, but it's just funnier when you watch it. I don't know. I, there was one part point in the movie that I really thought it was really funny. And maybe that's it. It could be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but Bugs Life is really good. I enjoy it. But hopefully I'm able to do a better job of catching up with the MCU soon, too, because I really do want to see Wakanda Forever really bad. Um, Skoke, leave your out of 10 review of Wakanda Forever in the chat right now yeah. at- it was that scene. The circus? It, yeah, she just showed no the leaf falling because now it makes sense. They're all in single file line and they're all carrying something over their head, right? They're doing what ants <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah. And the leaf falls on the path of the single file to separate. So the main character, I forgot his name. And they start walking around at Flint. Flint, right? And the leaf falls in front of him, breaking away from the pack. And he sits there, he goes, yells, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. That is pretty. It's like funny. if you look forward, you'll see the other guy falling. He goes, "I'm lost. I don't know where to go." That is funny. That's hilarious. And Frankie is going to try and keep the funny going. America's favorite. Sorry, I was reading Skokes' comment. Seven point five out of ten. Definitely worth watching and very crucial. All right, hint, 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 hint. Can't wait to see it, Frank. It is time for America's favorite podcast segment of the week. Breaking bets. Where's my money, bitch? Bitch. Bitch. I can't wait for you to watch Breaking Bad. 
<laughs> this is my own private domicile, bitch. Well, we're getting there. We're running through Thrones pretty good. So. Oh, yeah. Breaking Bad's a little bit easier to watch. It's equally as thrilling and entertaining. How many seasons? Five, I think. How many Four episodes five? per season? I don't remember. It's not like a crisp 10 like Thrones? Or... Well, until you get to season seven of Thrones and eight. Those um, are like 13, right? No, they're like seven and eight, six, I think. Or oh, like really? That. Yeah. Oh, so we're like almost done. We're cruising. Yeah, you're cruising. Um, Frank, let's make the people some money. All right, let's start with the NHL. Not many games to choose from. I really didn't like a lot of the games, so I'm going to go with an over and under here. Detroit's going to Minnesota. Detroit's been struggling to score. They've only scored four goals in their past three games, a little over one goals a game. Now, on the other hand, Minnesota has only given up one goal in their last two games. Struggling to score on the Detroit side. Great goaltending lately from Minnesota. The last time these two teams met, Detroit won 2-1 to one early in the season. I'm leaning towards under 6 at plus 102 for the game. You know, I, I these teams just seem like they're going to play a low-scoring game. Hopefully, Flurry's on point. Flurry is starting tonight. I don't know about Detroit, but if Huso's starting tonight for Detroit, that is like a must-play under. He has been fantastic. Nadelkovich, on the other hand, he sucks, but... Huso has been fantastic. I think it's going to be Huso and Flurry with the way Minnesota has been playing and the struggles on Detroit side, not to mention um, Dylan Larkin will be out of tonight's game. So that's going to also, you know, hinder the scoring capabilities of Detroit. I like under six at plus one Oh two in the game. Second game up Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks versus the Orlando magic. Trey Young's questionable for tonight. Whenever I make these picks, it's so hard to make these picks early in the day because when I do my research on certain games, it's later in the day when you got the injury report, you know what's going to happen, right? It's it's easier to make picks later on in the day. But from my time of doing research, he was questionable for the game. Um, the Hawks lost four of their last five games. The Magic have won three in a row at home. The Magic are home tonight. Um, and the Hawks have lost three in a row on the road. Magic are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Take the basket. Take the two-and-a-half points at minus 107. At home here with a questionable Trey Young. I think there's great value in taking the home Magic team here. Magic have been god-awful this year, let me tell you. I think they're 8-20. and 20. I don't trust this Atlanta Hawks team on the road, especially if we don't know the status of Trey Young. I like the Orlando Magic at plus two-and-a-half. I think there's some decent value there. But this is my favorite pick of the night by far. It's a college basketball pick. It's a game between Queens and ETSU, which is Eastern Tennessee University. I like ETSU Moneyline. They're by far have a worse record. They're four and six. Queens is eight and two. College basketball, you can't go off that because you're playing, you're not playing equal schedules, equal teams. I think Queens have had three wins against like non-D1 teams or teams that are D2 who have transitioned to D1. They don't even have logos on the ESPN app for some of the teams they beat for their school. Because they're like they're not big schools, and I've never seen a team like that beat like one of these top D one teams ever. In all my years of watching and keeping track, I've never seen one of those um, teams come out and beat like these D one NCAA teams. And Queens have three wins against those teams, so take that out of the record. They're really only five and two then um, against this four and six ETSU uh, ETSU team. ETSU has had a harder schedule, hence why they're four and six. I like ETSU at home. 
Um, and I think we're going to see a little bit of regression out of Queens when they have to go on the road and play a little bit better of a team than what they've been playing. So ETSU money line at minus 136 is my favorite play of the night. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Good shit, Frank. I hope you go undefeated. I really, really do. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, Frankie's betting. I mean, you you you've been hot and cold, right? But like hotter lately. Yeah, way hotter lately. Like lately, what was the one week you went three and zero like entirely, right? Yeah. I've then, changed up the little uh, research I've been doing, and you know it's been working out. And what about last week? Do you have it on the top of your head? I don't. I tried to figure it out. I thought about it this morning, and I completely have no idea. Yeah, I'd have this to go show, back and listen. This show, if you weren't able to tell, was a little bit different than a lot of our shows, just because the sheet was sent out to Frankie a little later than usual due to my uh, arrival <laughs> home from New Jersey. Were you sleeping by the time you got it? No. Well, I fell asleep. But it was so weird. My phone was on vibrate far away. You're, as soon as I woke up, I got your text. Oh, really? Isn't that strange? That like, is that's funny. really strange. It's not like you woke me up. It's like as soon as I woke up, I saw my phone light up. I'm like, that's so weird. All right. I'm in the car coming home from New Jersey. And I have about 40 minutes left. And the Devils game ended. Got to cover that. Ovechkin scored a hat trick to reach his 800th career goal. And Correa signed with the Giants. All in a matter of an hour. <laughs> and I had to come home and do all of those things. I got pieces up on all of it um, for DeWindy City, Pucks and Pitchforks, whatever. And I did two Correa pieces, one for Southside Showdown, one for DeWindy City. And... I was like, okay, now I got to do the sheet, and it's it's one ten. I'm like, Frankie's gonna be pissed at me, but he'll understand. <laughs> I had the trip, and it's not like I was out lollygagging. I was working. I was taking care of some fan sided work, getting all this shit ready for the morning, so I can have content on these hard hitting topics that are gonna get hella views. Mm -hmm. And so that that is why everything went the way that it was. We are fully back mm -hmm. on track here in Illinois. That we got the holidays coming up though, so I'm not sure what bar down and. Crosstown and Crosstalk schedules are going to be over the next couple weeks. I'm not sure what the holiday protocol is going to be. I want to have a game plan on that probably by Friday is my goal to have that all figured out. But I can't thank everybody enough for joining in the chat. I know we got Katie, Skyler, Skokes, G, everybody who's paying attention to the show. We can't thank you guys enough. Um, I hope everybody has a really good rest of the day. And I'm not going to say weekend because I know all of you are going to be in the chat tomorrow for Crosstown Crosstalk. This is my open invitation for Frankie to come co-host it with me whenever he wants. He can literally just come whenever he wants. Um, it's going to be a good show. I'm very much looking forward to talking with Herb for C of CHGO. Um, it's going to be really, really fun. Um, and CHGO. I'm your guy if you ever need more White Sox or Blackhawks content. Just a little FYI. But um yeah really good show frank really really good show i hope you enjoyed it is there anything else you have to get off your chest before we head on out of here i think next the first starting with the first show podcast show in 2023 for this segment i'm going to keep track of every of all my picks and each week i'm going to have my record up each week for my picks starting in 2021 or 2023 we'll get a full year in 
Love it. Absolutely love it. That's a wonderful idea. We're going to make changes to the show. We're going to tweak idea. it, make it a little better. Well, yep. That's a really good idea. I I'm looking it. forward to that. Well, that's our show. Make sure you follow at the King Bean on Twitter and read all of his stuff at apptrigger.com. I know we have a lot of great video game stuff coming out. I've been reading what's going on with you know all the latest video game news. Saw some Pokemon stuff. I know you've got plenty of stuff coming out with the new Call of Duty and whatnot. And of course, me at Vinny Parisi doing stuff for Puck Pros, Pucks and Pitchforks, The Windy City, Southside Showdown, other shows here at the Barroom Network, including tomorrow at 2 p.m., the latest edition of Crosstown Crosstalk, where we will be talking some MLB hot stove with Herb Lawrence of CHGO. Very excited for that. I hope everybody enjoyed watching the show. And before we go, I want to give a very special shout out to Frankie's girlfriend, Giovanna, who recently added a fan-sided site, Dork Side of the Force, covering all things Star Wars. You know your boy loves some Star Wars, okay? There's no secret that I'm a freaking nerd. I'm a jock. I'm everything. I'm everything, okay? And I love the Star Wars content. I know The Mandalorian is coming back in March. Yeah, I'm um, fully caught up on everything Star Wars. I did a better job keeping up with the Star Wars stuff than I did the <laughs> mcu stuff but obi-wan kenobi uh boca boba fat anything related to grogu you're going to want to go to dark side of the forest and read all this stuff in addition to a recent article that came out of hers that ranked the top 50 or the top is it the top christmas food in all 50 states um i believe it was was it christmas food yeah yeah in all 50 states and just an absolutely outstanding piece of content there and so, yeah, can't wait for the Mando stuff to start coming out myself. Very much looking forward to my next Grogu slash Mando fix. Cannot wait. It's going to be a big year after the holidays. So make sure you follow all of that kind of stuff. Dork Side of the Forest, Doggo Day, and uh, Guilty Eats. And then there's one more, The Bachelor one, where you accept yep. this rose, something like that. Accept this rose. Accept this rose. Um, I'm not privy to what's going down with the Bachelor this season. I've usually been better, but I know absolutely nothing at this point. But when you read G's stuff, you will certainly learn a thing or two. So that's how I wanted to end this show. I hope everybody enjoys all the fan-sided content coming out of, you know, the whole thing. Lots, lots of great writers writing about the Correa stuff. And I know Around the Foghorn and Yanks Go Yard did a great job covering the Aaron Judge stuff. You got Friars on base covering Bogarts going to the – San Diego Padres, if you want to read some Red Sox fans' tears, you go to Bo Sox Injection. And then, of course, the ones represented on this show, Southside Showdown to Windy City, Puck Pros, Pucks and Pitchforks, and App Trigger. I will leave you with that. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you.